I am Bishop Robert Gruss, the Bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City. In late May of 2015, the Diocese of Rapid City began an envisioning pro- process meant to assist in clearly defining a course for ministry for the diocese for the next three to five years. The outcome of this process would help to strengthen and focus the resources of the diocese so that more effective ministry could be carried out in building up the church in western South Dakota. From this planning process came the Diocesan Priority Plan, outlining a carefully defined mission statement to serve as the foundation. It also produced a set of core values that guides how we conduct ourselves as the diocese. A five-year vision statement to direct our plans, three major priorities for the diocese with supporting goals, and goals for foundational ministries of the church in western South Dakota. In July of 2016, I completed the pastoral letter entitled Through Him, With Him, and In Him, A Spiritual Guide to the Diocesan Priority Plan. This document clearly defines the priority plan, and I have invited and encouraged everyone in the diocese to read and fully engage this priority plan so that, as our sacred mission states, each of us can do our part in attracting and forming intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life. What you are about to hear is a reading from Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan. This will be followed by a group discussion with a panel of laymen and women and me. Chapter 3, Why We Exist. We begin with a passage from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I, then a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of this call you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one Spirit, as you also were called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, But the grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In our pastoral priority plan, following the clarifying statement about who we are as a diocese, the sacred mission of the Diocese of Rapid City is articulated, communicating our purpose, our reason for existence. The sacred mission identifies our core purpose and remains unchanged over time. It keeps our hearts and minds as well as our ministry focused on the intended path for the whole Diocese of Rapid City. The mission of the Diocese of Rapid City must be aligned with the mission of the Roman Catholic Church, which, as already stated, is derived from the very mission of Jesus Christ, the spread of the gospel. In other words, the alignment of the mission of the diocese flows from the mission of Jesus Christ himself. Because the diocese is the bridge between the universal church and the local church, our sacred mission is meant to build up the body of Christ. 
In doing so, we can engage in a mutually shared vision as disciples of Jesus. We recall that Jesus' mission and vision is to bring his disciples into the very life of God. The fathers of the Second Vatican Council clearly articulated the vision and purpose of the Church in Gaudium et Spes. Quote, that world which the Christian sees as created and sustained by its Maker's love, fallen indeed into the bondage of sin, yet emancipated now by Christ, who was crucified and rose again to break the stranglehold of the personified evil, so that the world might be fashioned anew according to God's design and reach its fulfillment. Inspired by no earthly ambition, the Church seeks but a solitary goal, to carry forward the work of Christ under the lead of the befriending Spirit. And Christ entered this world to give witness to the truth, to rescue and not sit in judgment, to serve and not be served. End of quote. In building upon the mission of Jesus, we must also clearly define who we are and our particular mission flowing from his mission. Throughout this envisioning process, there was much conversation about the mission of the diocese. Yes, we had a mission, a diocesan mission statement before, but this process has allowed us to redefine ourselves and our sacred mission why we exist as a diocese. Our new sacred mission is now described, quote, We, the Diocese of Rapid City, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are called to attract and form intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life. End of quote. Again, this sacred mission statement will provide the framework for all of the ministries throughout the Diocese of Rapid City. Pope Francis challenges us in the joy of the gospel. Quote, Each particular church, as a portion of the Catholic Church under the leadership of its bishop, is likewise called to missionary conversion. It is the primary subject of evangelization, since it is the concrete manifestation of the one church in one specific place, and in it the one holy Catholic and apostolic church of Christ is truly present and operative. It is the church incarnate in a certain place, equipped with all the means of salvation bestowed by Christ, but with local features. Its joy in communicating Jesus Christ is expressed both by a concern to preach him to areas in greater need, and in constantly going forth to the outskirts of its own territory or towards new socio-cultural settings. Wherever the need for the light and the life of the risen Christ is greatest, it will want to be there. To make this missionary impulse ever more focused, generous, and fruitful, I encourage each particular church to undertake a resolute process of discernment, purification, and reform. End of quote. As written in our mission statement, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we carry out the work of Christ. Through sending the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised to be with us always, to guide us to all truth, and to teach us everything. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The baptized and confirmed have been equipped with every gift for the ministry to which he has called us. If we have received the Holy Spirit, we lack nothing in carrying out the mission of Jesus Christ. To believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in everyone means realizing that he seeks to penetrate every human situation and all social bonds. The Holy Spirit can be said to possess an infinite creativity proper to the divine mind which knows how to loosen the knots of human affairs, even the most complex and inscrutable. Evangelization is meant to cooperate with this liberating work of the Spirit. As we participate in and fulfill the mission which Christ has left us, there is a profound and unbreakable and mysterious continuity by which Christ is present today in his people. He is always contemporary with us. He is always contemporary with his church, built on the foundation of the apostles and alive in the succession of the apostles. And his very presence in the community in which he himself is always with us is the reason for our joy. We must continue to pray daily for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our lives, families, parishes, and dioceses so that our ministry will bear great fruit. I leave you with four reflection questions. One, how do I live my Catholic faith in a manner worthy of my baptism? Two, how is the Holy Spirit working in my life? Three, how can I cooperate more fully with the Holy Spirit? Four, what is possible in our lives if the work of the Holy Spirit is allowed to bear great fruit? Well, I'd like to welcome our, our panel in um, for this conversation um, on today, and I would in, invite the, the members of the panel to introduce themselves, if you would, please. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Bishop. Uh, my name is Craig Dyke. I'm the uh, Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese. Uh, I've been married to my, my lovely wife, Amy, for 20 years. We have five daughters, and we are parishioners of the cathedral. Great. Okay. And I'm Steve Hosner. Um, I'm currently retired. I've been retired about three years now. Married, uh, two, uh, two daughters, uh, both grown and gone, um, and also have been a member of the cathedral. My name is Teresa Gonzalez, and I um, do youth, or excuse me, music ministry in the church. Uh, and I am married, four children, and uh, I left the church for eight years and then came back um, very abruptly and aggressively, I guess you could say. Well, we, we're glad you have come back. Yes, <laughs> me too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're here today. We're talking a little bit about chapter three and through him, with him, and in him. And it's, you know, it's entitled Why We Exist. And um, let me just kind of, you know, we've, we all have a mission in life. The church gives us a mission. Let's, let me share as it was kind of a point of conversation to begin, really. Um, what, what are the, the sacred mission of the Diocese of Rapid City? What it is. And it reads this. We, the Diocese of Rapid City, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are called to attract and form intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ, leading to eternal life. So that's our mission, right? So, so what is it, in your own words, in your own experience in life as a Catholic, um, what does this 
say about who we are or who you are and who you're called to be? Who I'm called to be, uh, Bishop, is to embrace God's love as a, his adopted son. And what's that mean to be a son? It means that I love the Father and I want to share all that goodness with everyone else. If I have such a great gift of my baptism, confirmation, of Eucharist, and I just keep it to myself, uh, ultimately that's, that's selfish. I mean, I, we need to be people of joy that boldly speak the, the gospel message with our witness. So for me, it means just being a witness and that witness is going to attract more than any words I can say. So that's what it means to me. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's kind of interesting you mentioned uh, selfish because in today's, one of the readings today, uh, Paul talks about that, is that we're called to not be selfish and be thinking about other people, not ourselves first and foremost. And, and that's really hard because, um, uh, you know, generally people, we are selfish, we think of ourselves first. And, and, you know, we kind of think about in terms of what's in it for me. And it, so it's, it's a struggle. We have to put ourselves out there and, and to look for ways to not be selfish and to share. And it's hard to share our faith. I mean, Catholics aren't very good about sharing our faith. You know, we're, it, you know when people ask us about church and so forth, we tend to clam up. You know, it's, uh, so it's, it's hard. I, it's really hard to do that, I think. Um, you know, I have to say that in the prayer before every Mass, and it's interesting to hear you actually read that, because that's in our vocations prayer that I say to the whole church, you know, and um, just myself doing that and not even quite fully, fully understanding what it means to be back in the church, um, but to know that, at least in my situation, um, having, having gone through not having the church in my life, um, that when I came back, I was almost like annoyingly bold <laughs> and like annoyingly, I need to share this with everybody. Everybody needs to know this, you know, the new thing that I found, Jesus Christ. Um, and so in pulling that back a little bit, um, I found a better balance just in bringing that into my life. And so there's a quiet confidence, I guess, that you could say, um, that just comes now that people can see um, from the contrast of who I was before to who I am now. And I think that that's probably one of the bigger things um, that I've noticed is that I just have a piece about me that I didn't have before. And then in having gone through what I did and, and not being in the faith for as long as you know some others have, um, there's a relatability. And I can really understand where people are at who don't have Jesus in their life or don't have their faith um, in their life. And, and so it's been a great way to have testimony um, but I had to pull back a little bit of my boldness because um, it was out of control there for a while when I first converted. And so now I feel like, okay, I've got the, the, hand, the reins on it, but it does require that you step out, but knowing when the opportunity is right to step out and not making it so much of a spectacle. Yeah, St. Paul says always, um, you know, preach the truth in love. You know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it really is preaching the truth boldly, but doing it in, in a loving way in a merciful way and an accepting way of all people. Right. You know, this mission statement, obviously it's the mission of it's the mission statement for the diocese, but all of us who are part of the diocese we're called to embrace this as well because it is really the mission of Jesus Christ that we carry forth into into the world wherever we find ourselves, no matter what occupation or what vocation or, or where you know wherever the Lord is leading us or calling us or dragging us, if you will sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Even but you think about so so what are some practical ways 
that you live this in your daily life. You know, that someone out there might think, wow, you know, I wish I could do that, or I should be doing that, or I am doing that. And just, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it bolsters one's faith, it confirms one's faith, or perhaps, you know, ways that, that might be challenging others that, that, are, um, that are tuning in today. Yeah, I, I think uh, evangelization is a term that we're, we're growing more used to as Catholics, but, you know, you say that maybe five or ten years ago, and people say, well, that, that's a Protestant thing, we don't evangelize. Um, but it's, it's becoming more of our way of life, and so uh, I look to my father. My father never really spoke a lot about the faith in my youth, but he was a good man. He would go to mass. Uh, he would lead the rosary before, but uh, as a contractor, and I worked for my father as a carpenter, and as a contractor, he was just known as being such a virtuous man. And people realized why he was that way was because of his Christian faith. And so practically speaking, it's like we have to just <laughs> embrace God's love and be people full of the Holy Spirit that are going to be peaceful and patient and kind and, and merciful. I think that's it's a lot simpler than, than we make it out to be to evangelize. It's, yeah. How, do, we, yeah, how yeah. do I just love when, when, when it's not easy to love? That's how I'm going to evangelize. Yeah, when you talk about evangelization, that's you, you say that word and that scares people mm -hmm. right away because they think, "Oh, I have to get out and be, as you said, aggressive and, <laughs> and do this." And that isn't. I don't. You know, I'm not called to be that kind of evangel evangelizer. I think, in a, in a very real sense, and, and you kind of you talk to it, is people knew if your father was a, a Catholic or a Christian mm -hmm. from what he, who he was and what he did. Yeah. And I and I think that's what I think that I'm called to be is is try to be the best I can be, and hopefully through my example and what I do and, and what I say in just normal life, people will see me for being that person and being the better person, being the Catholic, being the Christian, um, uh, being a faithful uh, faithful person, is that they will see that in me in what I and who I am. I know when I worked you know, many years, is that people in my office knew I was Catholic, I didn't beat on their door about it, but they knew who I was and they were they were cognizant of that and I could tell that just from the interaction that we would have in conversation and meetings and so forth. People were aware of, of who I was and they you know there was some of the guys were kind of rough and they were cognizant of that wasn't acceptable, you know, in their conversation and jokes and so forth. And you know, so they knew who I was and what was acceptable to me and they read that in who I was. Mm -hmm. So my example was there right. for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I just have found the most practical way to bring the Holy Spirit or God's work in my life is to start my day by getting myself out of the way. So I have it set in my phone as an alarm and it says pray. <laughs> because when I wake up, I wanna just get on my phone, start getting attuned to what's going on in the world. And um, I just made this huge move just recently to move my business that I've been doing for 10 years. And I didn't want to do it. It's a lot of work. And I kind of wanted to just give that away to somebody else. And so I stepped up to the task to do it. But where it started to change is I just woke up every day and I said, very simple prayer. Jesus, I abandon myself to your holy will. Help me to serve you in all things I do today. Amen. And then I would say in our Father. And then I would have no attachment to the outcome of the day or to what was going to happen that day. And so in pulling myself out of the way I allowed for God to work when I was trying to think of 
how can I minister to people or how can I do this? Just get out of the way, I think, was the biggest um, obstacle for me is just to separate myself from the work, separate myself from the outcome, and just completely abandon myself to let whatever he brings into the day happen. Whether I'm super busy or whether no one calls me at all, um, is that's just how it's supposed to be according to God's providence. And that's where things really started to change. And now, um, you know, I'm seeing great abundance in the business and great energy and all those things, but I take no credit for it because you know, I wouldn't take credit for it if it went bad either. <laughs> because I gave it to God so that, you know, if it's a bad day or didn't work for them, I just got to understand that it's just not where he wants them to be. Um, and so it's a huge peace and uh, freedom that comes in doing that every day and has changed the way that my business, my family, my life, everything works. Yeah, I think you said something that's important is, is about, you know, this is called to prayer every day. And I don't know. You know, I don't believe that we will joyfully, boldly, or lovingly, or intentionally <laughs> proclaim or live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life if it doesn't come out of our own intimacy, our own relationship with the Lord, really that comes through prayer and the sacramental life of the church. But foundationally, it has to come through this relationship w with the Lord. Otherwise, you know, if we don't have the relationship we're going to go through life living life on our own terms, mm -hmm. I, I believe, versus on what where the Lord is calling us or leading us or encouraging us. And it's easy to say, I don't have time for prayer or, you know, I don't know what to do in prayer. Or There's a lot of books out there that you can read on prayer. Or, um, But it's just the fact that, you know, what is prayer? But spending time with the Lord and sharing, his, sharing your heart with Him and allowing Him to share um, His heart with you in, in those in those beautiful in those beautiful moments. You know, in the joy of the gospel, um, Pope Francis, he talks about, he said, and I'm going to quote him from this document. He said, wherever the need for the light and the life of the risen Christ is greatest, it will want to be there. So wherever there's a need of Jesus, he will want to be there. Are there ways and you know there are things that you can call to mind and, and, and that so as, as you're a member of the body of Christ that that um, I mean what does that say to you in the sense of do you want to be there um, you know and, that, and that's a, that's kind of an interesting question you know do you know do we if the, this the church wants to be there but do we as members of the church want to be there I want somebody else to be there so. <laughs> there's a need you know I can uh, I think. I can tend to, to complain if I don't see something. It's like if, if, I, if hospitality is missing from something, I'll say, oh, darn it, what, where's, why aren't we more hospitable? It's like, what about me? <laughs> How hospitable am I being? Am I, am I reaching out to somebody who I've never met before? You know, it's like simple little things like saying hi, taking time, listening to somebody instead of rushing out. I think that is huge with evangelization is that, that initial step of being hospitable as the body of Christ. And I, I think that, I don't know if that answers your question, but that, that's what I'm thinking right now. It's like, there's a need, there's a great need for catechesis, for all these awesome events, but with relational ministry, this there's a need just to say hi and ask someone how they're doing and ask their name and get to know them. Um, I've experienced it in good ways, I've experienced it in bad ways, but uh, there will always be that need. And people, uh, surprisingly, pick up on, on small things, things that you don't even know about or that, that really aren't on your consciousness mm -hmm. that you've done or said 
and that makes a big difference to other people. The, the little acts of kindness, mm -hmm. you, you know, we have no idea how far that actually takes us. I mean, I, I know of instances where, where we've met people in church and just kind of casually um, said hi and so forth, and, and uh, we were we've been told later, you know, you know, months, years later, and said, you know, that made a difference in our life. That brought us that little kindness that wasn't necessarily where we were preaching to them, so to speak, but that little kindness and the right. fact that it was associated with, with church and with our faith, that made all the difference in the world to those people. They really picked up on that, and that made, you know, it made a surprising difference in their lives. And it, made, it, it meant almost nothing to me right. you know, or to us at the time. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, you did, you said hi, or, you know, how are you, and who are you, and why are you here kind of thing, you know, just in passing. And it made all the difference in the world to those people. And we, you know, we, we don't, uh, you know, we don't appreciate that enough. And the other part of it, I think, is we don't listen very well. Is that we, we tend to want to talk and expound on things to people when we get revved up about something. And it's, and many times I think it's as important or maybe more so that we're listening to what they're saying mm -hmm. or what's going on in their lives because, you know, by listening, you know, being an active listener, if you will, that has a really positive effect on people because they know by you're doing that, by listening to them, you're paying attention to them. And people want to be paid attention. They want to be appreciated for what they're sharing and so forth. So I think it's, it's you know, uh, listening is... is is a lost art, if you will, in many yeah. cases, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we have that same problem, in, you know, in, 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 uh, in listening to the Lord, or trying to listen to the Lord, is that when we go, you know, you talked about it, Bishop, when we go in to pray, you know, half of it, or at least more than half of it, should be trying to listen and hear what's, what the Lord is telling us, and I do a terrible job of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all say that. Yeah. I guess I could go um, two angles with it. One, um, I came back into the church, and I think when you're coming back or you're coming in, you have an element of maybe shame or um, insecurity uh, or even a false humility that you carry around for a while, just waiting for to get the approval of people you know who know either knew you before or, or don't know you, and they're like, "Who's this girl? What is she doing here? Why does she want to be so involved?" Um, and so it was nice because there were several people that did um, openly welcome me back in. Um, Father Dylan was instrumental in my conversion. And just being a priest that would be like helping me along the way with stuff that maybe, you know, I didn't have the one-on-one -on -one time with. Or um, Mercy Nights and just being able to pull off some of those layers uh, really advanced my conversion. And then on the other side of it, uh, I'll have to just say sometimes I don't want to be there. I think that's okay. I think that there are times where, you know, whether it be um, a ministry event or, uh, you know, sometimes even in mass, sometimes it is hard to go. Um, and so, you know, in just finding that light, what's the thing that changes that? Well, Father Mike Molloy told me it's discipline. It's that you go when you don't want to go. And what we find in that is generally when I did go to an event or something like that, there was something very specific that God had for me there. And a lot of times it had to do with other people. Maybe I was supposed to be there because I made them feel more comfortable, or maybe I was supposed to be there because um, you know they would say something or I would say something. And I think that it's okay to, to be tired sometimes, or it's okay to um, 
be lazy sometimes, but then to admit it and then follow through with the discipline is really where the act of faith kicks in, mm-hmm. or at least it was for me. You know, when we were called to you know proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ, and if we look at his life, most of his life was done through invitation, right? He would invite people to follow him. He didn't force anybody to, right? And so it was always this, this invitation extended, you know, to others, and people would make their own decisions. Now imagine, most people don't, most Catholics don't realize this, but um, statistically, um, 50% of baptized Catholics between the ages of 18 and 35 have left the church. Like, that's half. Imagine, half. Now, imagine on the positive side, if the other 50% that are still in the church between those ages and, and or whatever age people are who are in the church, we all know people who have who don't go to Mass on Sunday, right? We all know them. What if every active Catholic, because this would be living the mission of Jesus Christ, were to invite those they know to come to Mass with them and to invite them back? Just, it's just an invitation, you know? And as, 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 as you said, Teresa, oftentimes we, we don't want to go there, but when, we, when we're there, we're, we're glad we did because something profoundly happens in our hearts. You know, those people that might not be there, they might not want to come, but if there's an invitation, and if, if it's an invitation over and over, not to, you know, beat them down, but just to express our concern about them and their salvation and their spiritual life, we invited them back. Yeah, and who knows what the Lord might do with that invitation. Because it is the power of the Holy Spirit through that invitation that's it's going to, you know, that's going to touch their heart in some sense. Or they might possibly, you know, say yes to that. Um, it's just something that I just, it's, it is. And, and, and that's putting light, um, the life and the light of Christ in this place, you know, in this place, you know. There's um, one of the things, so um, in this chapter I, I talk about, you know, the baptized and confirmed. So that's all of us, right? The baptized and confirmed have been equipped with every gift for the ministry to which he has called us. If we have received the Holy Spirit, we lack nothing in carrying out the mission of Christ. Imagine. Imagine if we all believe that, right? And then evangelization, the word wouldn't bother us. You know, there'd be a lot of things about our faith that wouldn't bother us. You know, we would be jumping in with both feet. You know, so... um, was there a moment in your life where you all of a sudden, like the Holy Spirit kind of kicked in? You know, I realized I've been baptized and confirmed in the Holy Spirit and been commissioned. I'm given a mission with Jesus in the world that now I have to go, I have to go out and do this. I think for me, there's been a few moments I can, uh, of course, I, I, this is my, my job, it's my ministry, it's my life. And so there have been moments when I've been speaking in front of, audiences where I feel empowered by the Holy Spirit, you know, especially on the days when I don't want to be there. <laughs> I used to do marriage prep and I'd have, you know, 40 couples in a room. They didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. And, uh, and suddenly I felt like, God, I can't do this on my own talent or abilities. And so Holy Spirit, you've got to help me here. And those are the best days. The days where I felt broken and empty were the days when I didn't want to be there, were the days where I had to invite the Holy Spirit in, and that I felt like those are the best days. Uh, but personally, I remember once I was, um, 
uh, I was getting on a plane to go out east, and there was this obnoxious young adult that was waiting for the plane with the rest of us. And uh, it was a full plane, and I said, you know, I prayed to God, God, please, I want to sleep. I don't want to be by this person. And so we all got on the plane, and she was on there, and I looked, and she, there was an empty seat. I sat right next to her. And I said, okay, God, I'm here. Holy Spirit work. And we had the best conversation about family, faith, church, about morality. It was awesome. And the whole plane got to hear us because she was really loud, <laughs> kind of older. But I felt like this, this is what it meant for me to be a baptized, confirmed Christian was that, God, I, I'm not going to go out and seek ways. To, and I will seek ways to evangelize. But a lot of times if I'm open, God will say, okay, here you go. Go right here. And I had an awesome opportunity. It was one of the best plane rides I ever had. I didn't get any sleep, but uh, it was the power of the Holy Spirit working through me because I wasn't speaking. It was it was God working. It was awesome. I don't know if I had anything that was quite as dramatic as that, but I, I do hospital ministry, and it, more than once, you know, uh, you know, as we meet with as I meet with people and pray with them and and, and bring Eucharist to them, you know, I would I I, I would be I would come out of the room and I would say, you know, I don't know where this conversation came from. You know, um, you know, we talked about about their faith life, or I talked, shared my faith life, whatever it was. And you know, and I, and I come out of uh, out of that situation and say, wow, you know, I didn't have any thought that I was going in there to do that to have that particular conversation with that person, because you know, we go through a, a kind of a set pattern of. Of prayer and 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 so forth when when we bring Eucharist uh, to people in the hospital, and uh, but we were aware, you know, I'm way outside of those particular bounds, and and uh, and you know you could tell that people were responding to that conversation if you because you, you can read that in people's eyes, and and uh, and their emotions are, are are very evident when they're in a hospital setting anyway. The people are really fragile, and their faith life is, you know is reinforced, you know, or brought to their attention, I guess. They, they, they think more about their frailty and so forth. And, uh, and to be in that situation, we have impacted people because I've had people uh, that I've run to on the street that I don't remember them at all. Mm. And, and they'll say, well, yeah, you came and visited me in the hospital and, and I can really remember that and that really made a difference. And I, I really appreciate that. And I, you know, no recollection at all, but uh, I was there. And God was with me, and the Holy Spirit was with me, and I was with them that that particular instance. And you know, um, you know, as I say, is that you know, God is He does the heavy lift. You know, we're there to plant the seeds and and do our little piece, and and He's going to carry the game. So. Uh, I had a very dramatic experience with. I didn't I didn't pay attention in my confirmation classes. In fact, I was late by a year, um, so I had to do confirmation with the class below me. <laughs> I was just too busy with high school things. Um, and so I don't feel like I really ever was open to receive the Holy Spirit. But um, my conversion came, it was very dramatic. And it was in the middle of the day. And I've been toying back and forth picking a side. Do I want to live this life or do I want to live this life? And it became very evident to me that I needed to pick a side at this point. Um, I had been in my marriage, um, same pattern same problems as my prior marriage, because I am remarried. Um, and 
same person. So I had to go common denominator. And I had this day where just my whole life was falling apart. And it was noon, and I went to the ladies' chapel. And I just, I knew something was going to stop me. So I just made a beeline to the front. I got down on my knees and was ready to surrender. And as I'm ready to do that, um, this woman comes in the side door screaming uh, as loud as she could know. <laughs> and so I, um, yeah, very dramatic and kind of weird. But that is my life and my story, so I'm going to go with it. But at, that was the day that I believe I received my confirmation. Um, even though this distraction had come through the door, uh, I put my head down on the floor and I fully surrendered to God and I finally felt that wash over. And that was where everything started. So uh, very, very dramatic, um, but it suits me probably. And it's funny how God has that for everyone. Um, he gave me a very a very exciting story um, that uh, snowballed into a pretty substantial conversion uh, for myself and then consequently lots of people around me. But it wasn't until then that I noticed the Holy Spirit in my music ministry, um, in my life, and just that I recognized that was a person. You know, I was very inclined to this Jesus because he's so merciful and all those things and God the Father still wasn't quite sure. but. I had never understood the concept of the Holy Spirit until then, um, and it was more of a feeling, I guess you could say. You know, in the, in like in, the, in that Pentecost event, you know, Jesus predicted the Holy Spirit would come in power. You know, come in power. And I just wondered, you know, how many, you know, how many Catholics really think about the power that's been given to them through their baptism, through the sacrament of baptism, through the sacrament of their confirmation. You know, and. And, and, and really ask that, that, that the power of the Holy Spirit comes alive in their hearts. You know, every day we should be praying for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us as individuals, as a faith community, as a church, every day. Every day, because this is what the Lord desires. And we should be asking the Lord, or asking the Holy Spirit to inflame those gifts that we have received. Um, in the sacrament of confirmation and the fruits of those gifts, inflame those, make them come alive in our hearts every day, so that we can really go out with great confidence and 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 to live and proclaim this beautiful mission of Jesus Christ. But we don't we don't often do that. I mean, how many of you know celebrate the day you were baptized, or celebrate the day you were confirmed? You know, it's really those are two of the most important days in your life. Tomorrow is the anniversary, the, the 50 or 63rd anniversary of my baptism. It's something that I'm mindful of. And my anniversary of my confirmation is in early January. But it's something that I'm reminded of because it, one, it allows me to go back in prayer and thanksgiving for this gift that Jesus has given to me. Um, but it also helps me to realize it's not just enough just to have received the gift. It's about the Lord wants to use all of that you know, in, in my ministry as a bishop, um, but but also in the ministry of the church. And so um, go back and check and see when your baptism dates were and your confirmation dates were and celebrate those. They're, they're just as important and maybe more important in my mind than your birthday, you know, because they, your baptism is the day you entered into eternal life, you know, with, with Christ. It is. It, 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 it is. So we're running out of time, but just in a few... Uh, um, we have, there's a few minutes left, so I'm just going to leave it up to, to my panel here just to share some, some parting thoughts. You know, my parting thoughts, I love baseball, and uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm from the East Coast, so yay me. Um, 
Anyways, uh, I was so excited that we got a free taco because Moogie Bet stole a base. Oh, I forgot second to base. So free taco. <laughs> and I was taking my kids and we were so excited. Free taco, free taco. And I said, I want to unroll the window and tell all the people on the street there's free tacos. And then I thought, and I was serious. I was like, oh, they're missing out. What about me and my faith life? It's like I've been baptized, confirmed. I received the Eucharist. I have all these great gifts. Do I feel that same way? And it was a gut check for me. It's like, I, I get excited about baseball and tacos. <laughs> Jesus Christ came, he lived, and he died for us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We have given such a gift. Um, and I feel like all of us as Christians, we need to be awoken. And some of us are already awake with this. But we need to be constantly awoken and reminded of the beautiful gift and to share it with others. It, for me... I always I try to start my day going to daily mass. Now that I'm retired, I can I can do that more easily. And so, when I can't get to mass and spend a little time in over uh, it with the Lord, I miss that. That I have I really miss that in my in my days. If I haven't started my that's the way to start my day. I go to church and, and pray, and and that's that's my start. And I miss it if I don't do that. And I always I always say, and I I don't know. If it's, necessarily a prayer necessarily, but I always start my, my prayer session with, with the Lord. I say, thank you, Lord, for all of the lessons you give us today. Thank you for this day, you know, that's full of promise and challenge and, and opportunity. You know, what are you gonna, what am I going to do today? You know, so I ask, I, I can leave, leave it with that question and then see how my day goes. All right, thank um, you. Thank you for having me. I'm just excited to be part of the panel. Um, you know, did, coming into this felt like I had no uh, business being here. I'm only half-baked, I think. <laughs> I'm still on the way up. I um, haven't been to communion for over a decade. And in my annulment process here and, and through to my marriage blessing, I haven't gone to communion. Um, but in that, I would say, similar to the story of prodigal son, I've been given so much. And I feel like, no offense to the rest of you, but that God spends so much time um, still trying to woo me in. And so for those that maybe feel like, you know, maybe you're not there. Um, I feel like God just really comes down to the people who need it the most. And then once we get on the boat, it's our job to bring other people on the boat. And so I'm about halfway in, I'm almost on the boat, but um, just in that, uh, the Holy Spirit now coming in my life and allowing me to work when I'm not even in a position really honestly to be telling people what to do in their faith is funny. It's funny that God would use me um, feeling like I don't quite have it all together, halfway in a sacramental marriage, not quite there yet. And he still uses me to bring other people in. And um, that's just a really cool thing to see uh, from the outside and always to have something more that we're searching for and something more that we're trying to um, achieve for his glory. Great. Well, thank you, panel, for your insights today. I want to I wanna leave us with one, one last thought, and again, it's all of us who are baptized and confirmed. We've been, we've been called into a mission with Jesus Christ, and this is what it is. We, the Diocese of Rapid City, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are called to attract and form intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ, leading to eternal life. Amen. May Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.